This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, May 27th. What's good? I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a man who has June 17th circled on his calendar in royal blue Sharpie. His name is Jason Shepard because it's BYU Football Media Day in a couple of weeks. Look, and if I'm being honest, I have everything marked in royal blue Sharpie. That's true. That is true. You don't use a pencil. You can't erase it. But this is even more special. BYU Football Media Day coming up on June 17th. Here is the broadcast schedule starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's the BYU Sports Nation play-by-replay. Going to look back on BYU at Tennessee in 2019. Then at 11 a.m. Eastern, it's the state of the program with Tom Holmo. At 12 Eastern, it is a two-hour live edition of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews with players and coaches. We've got it covered for you completely. At 2 p.m. Eastern time, another play-by-replay. This time, BYU's win over USC at Lavelle Edwards Stadium back in 2019. At 3 Eastern, BYU football, a history of offensive innovation. That one's going to be fun. And then at 4 Eastern, BYU football versus UCF. It's the Boca Raton Bowl back in 2020. Way, just a couple months ago. Way back in 2020. Way back in the year 2000. Yes. No. So we're stoked. Media Day three weeks from today. So loaded lineup on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Join us that day, won't you? Okay, here's the show lineup today. Would seven wins be good enough to call 2021 successful? Because six and a half is the line from DraftKings. Correct. So would, would the over be good enough? We'll, we'll talk about that plus weigh in on uh, social media. We have a TVN network for a football game. We'll tell you which one. Where does Fred Warner fit in the best linebackers in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus? And where does the Aggie Bobby Wagner fit? And uh, what were Tom Homo and Utah Athletic Director Mark Carlin talking about on Twitter yesterday? We'll show you here at today's headlines. As Jerem mentioned, BYU football announcing that its game at Utah State on October 1st will kick off at 9 p.m. Eastern time in Logan. A game will be seen on CBS Sports Network. Also, ESPN expected to release more broadcast information later today for some of the BYU games, so we're all looking forward to that. And uh, which BYU TV game we'll have. I think we know which one it is. I think you've mentioned it multiple times. Idaho State. Fred Warner of the Niners, number two on the Pro Football Focus Best Linebackers list behind Bobby Wagner of the Seahawks. Very conflicted for me in that situation because it's my Seahawks guy, Bobby Wagner. But it's our guy, Fred Warner, of course. So cool. Who plays for a rival. Yes. Yes. Double. Yes. Yes. So it's really interesting to look at. How about two dudes who played in the state of Utah are listed as the two best backers in the game at middle linebacker? That's incredible. All the state of Utah does is produce backers from linebackers, from guys who. Backers of businesses. Bobby Wagner is not from the state of Utah, correct? I don't think so. Yeah, so neither one are from Utah, but came to Utah. He's not from here. To get the business done. But he went to Logan. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Cameron Bates, Connor Mance, and Zach McHorter advanced to the 2021 NCAA Track and Field Championships. Congratulations to those three. Bates, by the way, is the first BYU javelin thrower to advance to the championship since 2014. Now, along with the three national qualifiers, the Cougars also had five athletes advance to their respective quarterfinals. Elijah Bryant, the Milwaukee Bucks, play the Miami Heat in Game 3 tonight. That'd be cool to go to a playoff game. That'd be awesome, right? 
Yeah, that's why my voice is a little uh, off today. <laughs> I, I was, was going to say, was, you, you must have been yelling for I was a yelling. A, I was yelling a lot last night and screaming and cheering, so my voice is a little gone today. Normally, you're yelling at Spencer now, but it was good for you to get it out last night. Uh, Bryant had three rebounds, three assists, and seven minutes in game two. Uh, good luck to Bryant and the Bucks. Brandon Davies and FC Barcelona basketball play in the EuroLeague semifinals tomorrow versus Milano. That's a big game outside of the uh, NBA. I don't really know why we're announcing this as part of our headlines. It's Gonzaga Sports. I, apparently, Gonzaga's Drew Timmy announcing he will return for the 2021-2022 college basketball season. Timmy averaged 20.3 points in six NCAA tournament games as the Zags fell short in the title game. It's Gonzaga Sports Nation sometimes. We care about what happens to them. Uh, the Sander Bros, Taylor and Brendan, and Ben Patch play Canada tomorrow in the opening round of the Volleyball Nations League in Italy. Best of luck to those guys. Davide Gardini competing with Italy as well. How does Greg Rubel feel about this against Canada? Well, he is an American citizen now, so he's got the dual. Okay. So either way, he's good. Yeah. Either way, he's fine. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, good. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Absolutely. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, we have inched closer to BYU in Arizona. It's in how many days? Hit it. Countdown to the Wildcats. 100 days. Ooh, a nice number. One. One hundred. Hundred. Keeping it a hundred. Not hundred. A lot of people say hundred. 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 Tuesday. Not Tuesday either. But that's a pet peeve of mine. Hundred. Yeah. Hundred. Hundred. Yeah. Hundred. Realtor? Realtor? Realtor. Okay. DraftKings <laughs> set the line, the over-under, for the season at six and a half wins for BYU. So we were thinking, if BYU hits the over, but just barely, and gets seven wins, is that enough of a minimum threshold for a successful BYU football season this year? Okay. I'm going to spend a lot of time focusing on one word you mentioned, minimum. <laughs> is it a minimum threshold for success? Yes. Is it a good season? Is it a minimum threshold? Yes. Amen. Because, look, a, a, a 500 record by most accounts is not considered a successful season. The only time I would consider a 500 record successful is if the year before – you won two or three games. And so you're significantly or increasing. four and nine. Exactly. Because seven and six Correct. felt like a good start. Correct. So if you're making, look, and we're talking about this, we talk a lot about what, what, did, what are the Jets going to do with Zach Wilson. After winning two games, if you can somehow become 500 or increase your oh, win total significantly, amazing. like that's successful. As if, far if as they go six and 10, I'll be happy. If, as far as BYU football is concerned, the, the minimum threshold for success is seven. But I think that that's thinking rational in terms of that. No, nobody, how how if, dare you bring if that B, mindset If BYU were to finish with seven wins, most of the fan base would be irate. I think so. And so because, where, where's because, the line of happiness? I, honestly, I think if it's eight or more. Eight plus. Eight plus, I think you can be happy with that. Now, there's, there's going to be some games yeah, that you're yeah. going to like, oh, man, if we only. But the minimum threshold, I think, is seven. But I think, honestly... Eight and certainly nine, that's where you're getting to that successful season. Nine, I start to sweat a little bit because, again, BYU's playing seven power fives and Boise State. That's a tough schedule. Even if among those seven, there's a bunch of winnable games. Like, let me tell you all the power five winnable games that I go, listen, if you told me BYU won that game, not shocked. 
Arizona, Arizona State, Baylor, Washington State, Virginia. Okay, The two that are like, okay, those are tougher. Obviously, Utah and then USC right now is the best team on the schedule. Correct. So among those five, I'm like, okay, realistically, I want three of those to be a win. If BYU can go three and four, that is above the percentage recently and historically against Power Fives in a season. Not all Power Fives are created equal. If BYU played Cincinnati, that team is better than five of those seven Power Fives, right? It's not necessarily all about Power Fives, but there is something to it. That's why I bring it up so often. They have excellent backups. BYU has good starters, some good backups, right? That's where it, it gets tough. And that's why Tom Homo is loaded up the front of the schedule typically because he's like, okay, we're healthy, so let's go after it. I'm with you. Seven, seven is relatively successful right? given the schedule. In an average year, say uh, pre-independent days, we would never be happy with seven. Right. But in this situation, we are because we know it's a little different. You also throw into the fact that BYU lost Zach Wilson and, and 12 other dudes to the NFL. When did this happen? Recently. Those two things, you go, okay. It's going to be tough to approximate what happened last year. I don't see, I don't see any way that BYU gets 10, 11, or 12 wins. That just feels like a pipe dream. Nine feels like, hey, if this team was just awesome and just took care of business, stayed healthy, executed, da 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 nine seems like the ceiling. The, the, the bottom is, I don't know, five or six wins. Like if it got really hard and there was some notable injuries. So seven I see, yeah, oh, seven I see happening. It's whether BYU gets to eight or nine. See, and that's why I thought that the over-under should start at seven. Because it's, right now it's six and a half. We obviously spoke about this during this week. I you just, love the half part, though. I, it, it yes, I get it. you to an end. Yes, it, yeah. it, but I, I, I like starting it at seven because I do think they're going to get seven. It's whether or not can you get and, eight. And that's and, aggressive, again, given the two factors, the schedule and who yes. really Well, and to what you said in terms of wanting to get three of those power fives. Those, those five. Of those five, yes, yeah, yeah. getting three of those five. Look, Arizona, you should win now. That's a win. You, you should win that. That's a win, it's, dog. That, is, that should be a win. And then you have three of the remaining four power fives at home. You have Utah at home. You have Arizona State at home. And then you have Virginia at home. You should – look, and I understand we're talking about Utah here, but BYU needs to get back to being – that dominant home team against some of these teams. Now, we saw it in 2019. Yes, the against last, U- yes, yes, yes. Against the last U- two years, yes. BYU had a winning record. In fact, BYU was perfect. At yes, last so year. I like the fact that those games are at home. You yes. get Arizona State in Provo. Yep. You're getting Bronco and Virginia in Provo. I think that is one of those things that can certainly help BYU 100%. get to that eight and getting three of the five. And then if maybe it's four of and five maybe it's four of five. Yeah. You know, but I think everybody, if you win three of those five, I think people are going to be what, ecstatic. What are they, with what are they that. going to do? Are they going to pull a Knicks? I, I tweeted last night because Knicks fans won a playoff game and were freaking out outside the garden. And uh, <laughs> I tweeted, if BYU beats Utah, that's what Bravo's going to look like. And someone, someone said, fixed it, and said, when BYU beats Utah. Whenever that that's happens. That's yes. right? September 11th. Whenever that streak is ended, they hopefully it's this year. Yeah. But whenever it is, the, per- the party that BYU fans will have when that stupid streak is finally snapped <laughs> Is going to be glorious. There I'm going to be, be right. So much. I am going to be right in the middle of it. Yes, you will. I will lose my voice again <laughs> the next day. When BYU beat Oklahoma, 
I had just graduated, and you know, University Avenue at Seventh North and University Avenue, the light would go red on University Avenue North and South, and then people would boo. Two hundred people would come into the middle of the street, <laughs> jump up and down, and then scatter yeah. like rats. Then everyone wow. sort of pushed up to Lavelle Edward Stadium, and no one knew what to do. It was unorganized. It was just loud noises and just craziness, and it was exciting. This morning, Big Game Boom- Boomer tweeted out the top 20 schools with the best and worst bar scenes. BYU was number one on the worst bar scene list. So that's another championship. Hang a banner. How is Utah that's- six in that and BYU's one? But anyway, <laughs> apparently Wake Forest, Baylor, Stanford, and Clemson have a worse bar scene than Salt Lake City. Uh, it, the good news about the seven wins thing is we rarely see fewer, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since 2005, the first year of Bronco Manifold, BYU has had two sub-seven win seasons. So it doesn't really happen very often. Six and six that year. And then 2017, of course, four and nine. In a bottom. Besides that, BYU wins seven. Like, but... Seven power fives. But we saw how exciting 11 wins was this last year. And there's no power fives. It's a little easier. That's our question of the day. What's the minimum number of wins for you to consider the BYU football season a success? And again, there's some some relative number here given that it's a little harder. We all get it. The teams aren't necessarily harder. It's the amount of those teams uh, from power five. So let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At jpuppy23 on Twitter, my expectation is seven or eight. Success, nine or more. New quarterback aside, the running backs and receivers are good enough to put up points on the board despite some question marks on defense. And when we look at who BYU returns, especially at skill positions, this is as good of a group as BYU has returned in a long time. Where from a year to another year where you go, that's awesome. Last year... We weren't thinking Dax Milne was going to be a 1,000-yard receiver draft pick at this time, right? We didn't think Brady Christensen was a first-team All-American. We didn't. We didn't think Zach Wilson was the number two. We didn't know if Zach Wilson was the number NFL one draft? option at quarterback. No, we didn't. Yeah, On this show, you, we were like. You know what I yeah, mean. Yes. You it, know what I mean. It was an insane developmental year. What kind of development can be all you had? Like, are Puka... Nakua and Gunnar Romney going to be gone to the NFL draft after this year? Like, if they're awesome, who knows? Uh, I'm stoked that there were underclassmen that left early because that's a sign of a good program. If you never have underclassmen leave to play pro, you're not good enough to compete in the top 25. This is a good that problem a to good have. Sign. Yes. This is a very good problem for BYU to have. Absolutely. Jay Smith on Twitter. Eight is enough. Tough schedule. Gets us to a bowl game. But September 4th and 11th have to be two of the eight. National exposure and got to end the streak. Got to end the streak. Are you old enough to remember the TV show Eight is Enough? No. Late 70s, early 80s? I was born in the early 80s, so no. Yes, we both were. Uh, All right, coming up, a (laughs) friendly fire between opposing athletic directors. BYU and Utah, let's go. A couple of guys born in the early 80s. Blaine Fowler, yeah, born in the USA. Blaine Fowler on the minimum threshold for success, and would he be okay if the Cougars start a freshman quarterback against this schedule? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Get all of the interviews as well as BYU Sports Nation Right Now episodes by subscribing to and sharing the BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. On BYU TV, we're showing a Tyler Algier touchdown against Coastal Carolina. There's a good reason for that. We will get to that later in the program. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Jerem Jordan. He is Jason Shepard, horse from going to game two at Vivint uh, Arena in Salt Lake City as the Jazz take down the Grizzlies. What a game, man. That was a crazy game to go to. It was awesome. And, and I had not been to a Jazz playoff game since 2012. Ooh, long time. Because uh, I, used to, I covered the Jazz for like 14 years, so I was there every year. But then uh, 2012 was the last one because they, then they missed the playoffs for like four years in a row. And by the time they were back in, I was 100% covering BYU. So... Yeah, well, good to have you. It was uh, fun. The game it was fun. Okay, let's bring in Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. A lot to discuss with Blaine. Uh, Blaine, uh, what, what's your what's your greatest sports, uh, you know, professional sports fan experience you've ever had? Oh gosh, a professional experience? I don't know. I because I've been to a lo- I've been to a lot of professional basketball games. I I'll tell you, one of the most electrifying arenas I've ever been in was was back when the Pacers were really good with Reggie Miller and those guys. I actually went to a, a Knicks-Pacers game in the playoffs at, at Indiana, mm. um, which was crazy. But but I think I'm going to have to – I think my greatest experience is because it's so far out of my wheelhouse was the Indianapolis 500, which was really cool. Very and we got cool. to go the day before – the day before for – Finishing up of time trials, got to go down in the pit and then there for the race. It it is it is a spectacle that you know, they describe it as a spectacle. It, it truly is that, and I, and so because that's, I guess I'm not taken back as much by professional football or college football as much as I love it. Um, but but that experience was so far out of the realm for me that it, that it sticks with me today. It's it's a pretty cool deal, the Indy 500. So that's awesome. Kind of interesting that both. Now, both- my, 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 my favorite broadcasting, like I got multiple games when Jimmer was a senior that were just so ridiculous and so fun. Covering him his senior year was like traveling with a rock star. It was unbelievable. And, and, and maybe my, one of the most fun was one was with the game I called for national television up at Utah um, when Jimmer had 33 at the half and his last shot was a half court shot and he acted like it was just routine. That, that was an incredible game. And then to remember, I, I, I did the BYU-San Diego State game as well um, that year with Kawhi and Jimmer going at each other. So from a broadcasting perspective, it doesn't get any more fun than Jimmer's senior year. But from a just fan perspective, I think the Indy 500 has to be right up there for me. That's cool. I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not IndyCar guy, but like that's, one of, those, that. that's yeah. one of the ones that you go to yeah, if you have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so Blaine, yeah. we were talking in the uh, in the last segment about success in BYU football, and what's the minimum threshold in terms of uh, a, a win total for BYU this upcoming season? We kind of said is seven the minimum threshold. What what would you consider a successful season in terms of a win total for the Cougars? So, so I look at. I'll give you three numbers. Eight is my expectation. Eight, eight or more. I wouldn't be completely disappointed with seven. So I'd be. I'm okay with seven. I'm not thrilled with seven. I'm just okay with it. Eight is my expectation, and and but I'm not surprised by nine. So does that does that kind of give you the way I feel? I feel like eight is the in my mind is the target just starting the season out. Um, but depending on how teams are, you know, are one of these teams that that isn't supposed to be good going to be good? Um, are one of the teams that we think are really good not going to be? Is like is USC going to fall on their face? 
this year and not be great. You just don't know those things. And that's why I give you three numbers. But but I honestly, I'd be disappointed if they don't win eight, knowing what they have coming back. I'd be disappointed if they don't win eight. That's certainly a great statement because BYU traditionally uh, wins 40% against Power 5 teams. Uh, and so if you look at the seven on the schedule, you'd go, eh, three and four is probably kind of where that is. But there's, a, there's an optimism, there's a confidence from what BYU did last year combined with who BYU returns in certain positions um, that's exciting. And so also you can't be wrong if you say three numbers, Blaine. Uh, but I think if well, you, say- <laughs> and you, you can hold you can hold me to eight as my minimum threshold. If they get seven, I'm going to be disappointed. And and this team, I think about remember before last season, you guys were asking me, is there a team that this reminds you of? And I said, this team reminds me of the 96 team because you had a quarterback who I really felt like um, in Sarkeesian, the light bulb went on at the end of the season in 95. I felt like with him coming back. Um, to build around. He was going to be really, really good in 96. They had a good defense with great corners. I felt like that team looked like 96. I feel like they performed like 96. If you're to ask me this year's team, what does it remind me of? They remind me of the 84 team. Um, Blaine. That's saying a lot, right? No, but listen, hear me out on Blaine this Blaine is don't, calling don't for a national Blaine. championship no. this year. Hear me out here because these guys play a schedule that's not like we played in 84. But in 83, we had a phenomenal NFL Hall of Fame quarterback named Steve Young, if you guys might remember him. Heard of him. Um, him. But but we finished the season number seven, beat Missouri in the Holiday Bowl. And everybody was saying, well, you know, they're going to have a big drop off because they're losing Steve Young and and, and on and on and on. But what what they discounted was, that, that we had almost all of the entire offensive line coming back, that we had Lockheed Haimuli and Kelly Smith coming back at running back, that we had a phenomenal receiving core uh, coming back with Mark Bellini and Adam Haysburg and, and Glenn Kozlowski. So they, they, they discounted the fact that even though we were losing one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game, the other pieces that were coming back were going to make it easy, whether it was Robbie or whether it was me that was going to play quarterback in that situation our only job that year was going to be to distribute the ball to playmakers and we're going to be fine behind a great offensive line that's the exact same situation BYU's in going into next season they have tremendous talent all around whoever's going to play quarterback the job's going to be just distribute the ball and don't turn it over and they're going to be really good on offense and and you got Algier who's an NFL uh, type of a running back you got NFL tight ends you got a receiving core that's deep and big and fast I think people are underestimating how good they're going to be. And then I look on the defensive side in 84, we came in, it was a defense built around phenomenal linebackers and an all American free safety. And I look at this defense for this team next year. They're really good at linebacker. I mean, when you take Wilgar and Thule and Peely, this is a defense built around and they've got great corners coming back. The team, the whole setup reminds me of 84. Now the difference is we didn't play seven P fives, in 84 and and Baylor wasn't as good as we thought they were going to be that year and Pittsburgh ended up not being as good as they were supposed to be they're supposed to be a top five team and so we went out and won a national championship I don't expect them to go undefeated but I expect them to be good this is a rebuild year not a reload year and and if you really look at what they've got coming back they've got a core of talent that that matches up with everybody they play on the schedule yeah I totally agree with you um and and you make great points on that. And, yes, so the, the difference is the schedule. So with that in mind, I think you're right. Like, nine would be like, hey, that was really good. We have a we're, – yes. we're graded on a different curve now. I've made this analogy too. It's hard to say, 
put way more weight on the bar but get the same amount of reps. That's just not logistical. With two, I'm surrounded by two guys right now that lift regularly. That's not a realistic standard. And we can't just say, well, hey, BYU just needs to play better. The difference will be if BYU gets nine wins, that is equal to 11 or something in the Mountain West or whack days, given how tough that schedule is. So if you, I'm with you. If BYU gets seven, given what you just said, it's like, oh, that was kind of disappointing given who BYU has. Yeah. Eight would be fine. Nine is like, that was good. And then 10 just feels like bonkers, given how this is almost a true Power 5 schedule in some of the leagues where you're playing seven. Some of them play eight. You're only one game shy. You could argue that Boise State is Power 5 equivalent. So it's like BYU's playing a true Power 5 schedule. Yeah, I think to, to that point, Jeremy, if you if you get 10 with this schedule, um, you, you could make a case that that's got, depending on who the two losses are, that could be a top 15 team at 10 and 2, right? Yeah. Um, where, where BYU in the past, whether it's the 83 team or the 84 team or the 96 team, with more than one loss, you're, you're, you're not going to be in the top 15. Um, but, but I think they could have two losses and be a top 15 team, depending on who they were in two. You could have three losses and be a top 20, 25 team. Um, and so, so it's, it's a whole different measuring stick based on who they're playing now compared to who we played back then. But, but I do like the setup of who they kind of have coming back. I like the teams that they're playing that are big names that are rebuilding new coaches, whatever you might you know, you know, might say there, there's a little bit of uncertainty. The teams that scare me the most on the schedule are Arizona State because they have such a dynamic quarterback and offense coming back. That makes me a little bit nervous. You get a scoring match with them. USC just purely because they're talented. So much talent coming back for USC. That game makes me nervous. And then Utah, and it's not because of talent anymore. It's because of the mentality. You know, Is BYU going to have the mental toughness to go, we're good enough to beat this team? Because I feel like physically they match up fine with Utah. And so those are the three that I look at. Everybody else I go, man, BYU just matches up fine. They should win those games, you know? But yeah. but when you're playing Virginia's and Baylor's and those schools, um, you've got to play great, right? So you can't have an off day against any of those schools. But if BYU plays well, there isn't any reason they don't go out and win eight games or nine games wouldn't surprise me. Ten, ten's a phenomenal season uh, considering that schedule. In fact, nine's a great season, right? I think yeah, we can all nine's agree really good, yeah. All right, Blaine, we all love the talent that's coming back, and we had a really fun conversation. And what makes it fun is there really is a debate, and that speaks to the type of talent and depth that are at these two positions. But yesterday we were discussing who has the, the – what's the deeper position for the Cougars on offense? Is it the running backs or is it the receivers? Where do you fall in that argument? Ooh, it's, I'm, I'm going to go with receivers just because of the transfer of Puka and Samson Nakua in. And, and here's the thing. I'm going to throw tight ends. When you say receivers, you didn't say wide receivers. I said you the same said thing, Blaine. I said the same so, thing. You so and I are on the same page. You, if you would have said wide receivers, now I got a harder time making this, but you said receivers. Yep. So I'm going to throw, I'm throwing Isaac Rex in there, who was a bonafide NFL guy. I'm going to throw Dallin Holkler in there. Uh, Mason Wake, who plays the H. Um, and now all of a sudden I'm looking at a lineup where across the field, you could have Romney, Nakua, uh, Isaac Rex, um, Nakua, Neil Pau. I mean, just keep going on and on and on. It's it just, and, and then Chase Roberts is back. I, I mean, this receiving core, if you include the tight ends is as good as anybody in the country has. And, and what, what's funny is, is that running back core and any other year we'd be going, wow, this is the entire strength of, of the offense because, um, 
uh, the entire strength of the offense because they're so deep there. And you got Tyler Algier, who's, you know, a 225 pound guy that runs a four, four, who's a bonafide guy, who's a thousand yard rusher. And then all Lopini Katoa is, is a phenomenal player. Sione Finau is going to be healthy. Um, you, you, you get Jackson McChesney back. You got Miles Davis, who's played. So in any normal year, we, we would be just fawning over this running back group. But this wide receiver group is so deep and so big and so talented. When you just say receiver, I have to go with that group. Okay, let's finish with this. Uh, Jacob Conover is a freshman. He's in this battle for starting quarterback. If all things are equal, you probably go with uh, more experience and an upperclassman. But if Jacob Conover just dominates and his head and shoulders better, he's going to be the starter, right? I, I uh, am okay with that idea, but I think that it's going to shake out that the three are all pretty good, and then they're probably going to lean towards Jaron Hall, and then we'll see what the backup is with Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover. Against this schedule with this group, I would prefer that a freshman redshirt so that later it's his time, especially because BYU has two guys that have started multiple games. What's your opinion on, you know, having a freshman potentially start against this schedule? Ideally, you would like to not have to have him. You'd like to have him grow up and get opportunities to play and be out on the field and not have the game on his shoulders and all of that. That's, that's the ideal situation. He's wildly talented. I watched him all spring. I, I almost didn't miss – I don't think I missed a spring practice – and, uh, and I watch him and I go, man, this kid is the future. He's phenomenal. But every once in a while, he tries to push the ball in some place where he shouldn't. Um, and that's what a freshman does, right? They're, they're more likely to turn the ball over. Um, and so you've got to watch him and fall. And if, and if you can convince him mentally uh, to then get in there and distribute the football to, we just talked about running backs and receivers. All you got to do is take care of the ball and find the mismatch. That's easy. Like I might be able to play quarterback next year and I'm old. And if I ran with any speed whatsoever, both of my hamstrings would blow off the back of my legs and I might be able to play next year. <laughs> Whoa, graphic. Huh? That, that, that's how much talent there is around with a good offensive line. Um, ideally, you, you redshirt Jacob. You have, him, you have him learn. Remember, you can play him in four games now and still redshirt yeah. him, which is a huge advantage. So you can get experience while you do it. That's a, that's a big, big deal these days, right? So if you could do that, great. And you know that Jaron can play. He's he's tremendously talented. You know that Baylor can can play. Both of those guys should be able to do what I just said, um, and, and you're fine. Um, to me, who gets the job between those two is who proves that they can make better decisions in fall camp, right? Who's the decision maker? These quarterbacks all need to realize that they do not have to carry this football team. When Zach Wilson was playing as a young, young guy, he was thinking he had to carry the team. That is not the case any longer with a, with a talent at skill positions and with a good offensive line BYU has. Um, so whoever can take care of the ball is who I would start in game one. The guy that proves to me in fall camp that he's going to make great decisions, isolate the, the guy that has the mismatch, get the guy the ball, and let him go make plays. That's the guy that should play. Amen. Blaine Fowler, great stuff. Uh, crazy insight on this team, 84 comp, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers. Uh, we'll, we'll chat more soon. They, I know it's the summer, but there's a lot to talk about. Well, and I got to say this. For me to even compare this linebacking core to 84's linebacking core is saying a lot. That's how much I feel about this this year's linebacking group. Because you got to remember, we have Kurt Govea and Leon White and Kerry Whittingham and Marv Allen, our four backers in a 3-4. That, that is – Leon and Kurt combined, I don't know how many years in the NFL as starters, but – um, I love this linebacking course, so I think this defense is going to be better than people think as well. Okay, thanks, Blaine. We appreciate it, man. 
All right, guys. Great to talk to you. Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. That's that's a a Some very heavy stuff is that is a large compliment. Stuff. Yes, it is. That is a very large compliment. He's not wrong. Um, will there be the same NFL amount of guys? We'll see. Sure, TBD. Certainly. Yep. But in terms of what's coming back, and hey, the expectations might need to be a little higher than you think. I'm convinced seven is. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be happy with seven now. That eight is the minimum, like you talked about. That seven is like no, it's it, that line goes to eight. Yes. The line of, uh, you know satisfaction of the season is eight plus yeah i think you're yeah at eight wins i think that's where you have a lot of people that's like okay all right it's i would have liked nine but i'm fine with eight if, BYU, if it's seven i don't think you get the same argument if BYU is in the pac-12 this year how many wins would you expect with this group i'm thinking we'd hope for eight yeah i'm yeah. thinking we're a spot on yeah that. okay all right coming up rescheduling a matchup from last year Oh, yeah, there's one. We're all thinking it. And which team is the best in BYU history to not win a national championship? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. Portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. The latest BYU Sports Nation right now might not be able to match Mark Pope's level of energy, but Kiki definitely tries Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. He's Jason. I'm Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let us whip it. The Cook Whip Round is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. America's team, the Milwaukee Bucks. Nobody calls them that. Nobody calls them that. The Milwaukee Bucks in Miami for Game 3, first-round playoff matchup against the Heat. Elijah Bryant, part of the Bucks. Will he have more points or minutes? In tonight's playoff game. I hope he plays it all. Uh, he played in game two, didn't play in game one. It's a blowout. Based on the blowout. So will the Bucks win by a bunch or the Heat win by a bunch? Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm guessing uh, it'll be a uh, DMP. Okay, I will say between the two, I will say he gets more minutes. But maybe like a, like zero to two and there's not enough chance to score. He gets in for one minute and he scores a basket. Basket and then that completely wipes out my take. So thanks. Drew Timmy announced he's returning to Gonzaga next year. What doth this mean? What does it mean? It means what it always means. Whether he came here, came back, doesn't come back, it doesn't matter. Gonzaga's going to win the conference regular season. Gonzaga's going to win the conference tournament. And Gonzaga will make a long run in the NCAA tournament, but ultimately not win the title. (laughs) That's Gonzaga hoops in a sentence. So it doesn't matter whether he came back or not. They were going to do the same thing. Will he have a mustache still? I don't know. Maybe the mustache like is like, I got to get rid of last year. The yeah. mustache is gone. Yeah. It's under code approved. What does it mean to you? It, in. it means. Uh, what doth it mean? It doth mean that uh, he doth not stinketh to me. Uh, <laughs> means he's uh, going to be, Gonzaga's going to be awesome. All right. ESPN put out a list of the best college football teams to not win a championship. By the way, BYU was not in any of his top 50. Okay. BYU was not involved in any of that. Uh, what is the best BYU team not to win a national championship, in your opinion? 1983. Uh, we did a special, you can watch on BYUSN.com, uh, shameless plug, about how the 83 team might be the best team in BYU history. Spencer thinks it is. I, I'm in the, well, I think 84 is because they won it. Um, but 83 was crazy talented, so check that out. They were 11-1, finished number 7. 2020 men's volleyball. That team was better than 2021. That team, I think, would have won it. Um, I agree that it's 1983 football. For basketball, 
I think we go back to, to Jimmers last year. Yeah. That team had an opportunity Davies. had an opportunity to do something, and obviously, you know, history is what it is. Yeah. Never got that chance. I want to know what would have been. Like, when I die, I want to ask some questions like, walk me through this scenario. If Chris Paul had actually gone to the Lakers, what happened? And it wasn't vetoed from the, you know, that it, yes, stuff. Yes, yes. A little banter happened on Twitter yesterday between BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo and Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan over the appearance of a Cane's food truck at BYU. Tom Homo tweeting, delicious lunch today, hosted by Raisin Cane's. Mmm, delicious. For BYU Athletic's new store coming soon to Cougar Boulevard and Provo, close to campus. Mmm, good. Mark Harlan tweets, good color on that truck. Tom Homo tweets, 49er red, of course. Do you think twice when you see the color red? Um, well, yes, always, always. It's always on my mind. Like, to the point. You're a Chiefs fan. Because so I have you I, I'm a Chiefs and a St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals fan, so they both wear red. Yeah. And to get around that sometimes, I, I will go with alternate colors that they have. I'll try and find something Chiefs <laughs> in yellow or like in black or something like that. Or Cardinals, you can get stuff in navy blue. It is always on my mind about red that I, I just, if I can avoid wearing it, I always do. Professionally, I wear red for the Utah Warriors rugby team as well locally. And so I always think, oh, yeah, I do think twice. Like, I don't have a lot of red. Out, like outside of that, I don't know that I have a red shirt. I have I have three red things, and they're Chiefs and Cardinals things. That's it. Yeah. As That's a BYU it. fan, it's interesting, isn't it? BYU and the red versus Utah, and then the BYU Hawaii's like we're red, we don't care. By the way, love the banter between these two. That was yes. all fun. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was. I love that. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. All right. Something else I think is great, and I am very excited to watch this. I am a massive Friends fan. Uh, I think it's better than The Office. Yeah, you heard me. Oh, hot take. Uh, yeah. In the spirit of the Friends reunion special, which BYU friends, a.k.a. teammates, would you like to see reunited for one more game? I would like to see BYU football and beating Utah get back together. <laughs> it's been it's been a minute. Yeah, they haven't been friends for a while. They haven't. No, since one of them moved to a new city. One of them moved away. One of them moved away. Yeah, I would like to see that one. Uh, I went with actual friends, uh, and I, I, I referenced this a minute ago. I'd like to see Jimmer and Brandon Davis play one more time. We saw that a couple years ago, didn't we, in the TBT? The TBT. I'm not yeah. talking about yeah. beyond the TBT. Oh, okay. okay. Or TBT, because it's not the, the TBT. Right. Right. But yes. You're not the, the. It's like NFL football. Right. <laughs> Football's already in there. <sighs> All right. All right. Coming up, our rising shout-outs. The, the. And which game would we we reschedule from last season's football or men's basketball games this season? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. John Rothstein of CBS Sports reporting that UCLA and Gonzaga are discussing scheduling a Final Four Men's Hoops rematch next season in the regular season. So if you could schedule a game against one opponent from last year for BYU football and basketball, who would it be and why? I think most people are going to agree with where we go with this for football, certainly. Coastal yes. Carolina. Yes. Like, it, there's only one answer to this question. It's Coastal Carolina. However, I do want to bring up something you said in our meeting this morning. <laughs> 
the the deal though is yes, we get to play Coastal Carolina again. But, in Provo. In Provo. But they have to travel on but, but they don't know they don't until, know it though until they don't Wednesday. They know until Tuesday afternoon yes. and they don't leave until It Wednesday. has to be under the same circumstances. Otherwise, like we want them to have to deal with the same things that we went through. Actually, I think it was Wednesday and Wednesday and they left and Thursday. Thursday. I was sitting in Uncasville, Connecticut at the BYU and uh, St. John's game, I think. Maybe it was USC. And it was like, hey, Coastal Carolina is going to happen. And it was like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah, uh, definitely. That is the one for sure. It's the only loss of the yes. season. Everything else worked out swimmingly. It's the, bl- it's the one blemish on last year's schedule. And that blemish is highlighted in teal. I also want just an MMA fight with uh, number 94. Yes. Um, he's not there anymore, right? He's, he's transfer portal, didn't he? Or did he? I don't know if he's, I don't know if he he's might been picked have been, up. He might have been drafted. Um, they, they had a couple guys drafted, I think. Coastal Carolina was good. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it was a fun game. Didn't go BYU's way. BYU did not lose any street cred nationally for this game. In fact, BYU gained it for doing it. But, obviously, you want to win. Um, it would be nice to have the Chanticleers and Michael T. Benson, uh, who's the president there, a BYU grad, right? Uh, to have them in Provo. That'd be great in the future. Uh, what about uh, for basketball? Basketball is interesting because, uh, you know, Boise State's one that sticked out. I know you've yeah. you brought that up. That's the one that stuck out to me, losing 74-70 to 70 in Provo. I don't, I don't like losing to Boise State anytime. Right. And, and that, one, that one just sat wrong with everybody. Because BYU went down 14 nothing, yes. and then it came down to the wire. Yeah. BYU, um, you know, the, Boise State makes a shot at the end to win. Alex Barcelo gets a look. It doesn't go down. They make a free throw. It's a four-point loss. That's, yeah, that's one that, hey, in the end, BYU didn't have to have that win to, one, get in the tourney, but two, BYU had a sixth seed. That was amazing. Amazing this year, given that BYU had fewer games to deal with. There are only a handful of non-Power 6 men's basketball schools that get in the tourney. I think it was five, and BYU as an at-large, and BYU was the highest seed of all of them. So, that was one of the uh, the best BYU basketball seasons we've seen in a long time. Um, that team wasn't better than the year before, but the the ability for them to get back to the tourney and have that kind of year was amazing. Well, and, and the, the year before BYU was going to be a six seed. Right. Think about that. Yes, BYU at the end of the season, though, in the pandemic ending year 2020, was playing like a top ten team with Yoli Childs. Once Yoli Childs entered the fray, and he was healthy and on the team, not only back from suspension, but, but they weren't being talked about as a six seed. They were not going to get that high. They were talk, being talked about as like an eighth seed. No, Lenardi said I would have had him as a six. They would have been a five, but they would have slid to a six due to Sunday. See, I, th- I, thought, I thought it was they were talked about as being like that, that eight, nine. Like they were definitely in, but I thought it was more eight because that's why this year was so surprising. Like, look. Well, anytime BYU is a single-digit seed, yes. it's, it's awesome. Well, see, and, and you said something a second ago. Like some people may look at this schedule from last year and say, you get that game at Pepperdine back. But at the end of the day, it didn't hurt BYU. It didn't matter. It didn't hurt because you still end up getting the tournament. You know, the, the conference tournament is what it is. But in terms of the seed, you still got a sixth seed. The point is to be in the NCAA tournament and be a single-digit seed, or the highest seed you can. We talked, Spencer and I were screaming, please no 8-9. Just don't be 8-9. I'd rather be a 10, 11, and 12. scream it, though. It's true. Say it, don't spray it, right? <laughs> yes. Especially in a pandemic. Six feet apart, vaccinated, <laughs> masks. Yeah, so coastal football. Boise State hoops. We've left out the the game though, UCLA. Yeah. To play that game again would be good. I mean, you watch UCLA go to the Final Four and you're like, okay, they were pretty good. But 
uh, Johnny Juzang. I would love to play that game again. BYU didn't play a great game. Obviously, UCLA's length caused BYU some real problems. Uh, but if we're going to play that game, the Bruins cannot know about it. They have to travel on a, <laughs> on a Thursday. Yeah. yeah. No, that was a tough one. BYU uh, stunk from three. Obviously, that was kind of a sour way to end it. But UCLA was good, man. UCLA um, was really, really they good. They were really good. We thought BYU would play better. And the Bruins were in a play-in game. 11 seed, right? To the Final Four. Is that what happened? Were they in 11? Are you telling me that a play-in team is going to advance? <laughs> Because I don't need that. The UCLA Grizzly. No. <laughs> the Memphis Bruins. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> That's right, Greg. Yeah, uh, weigh in on that if you have a uh, you know, comment. Uh, you know, tweet at us what you're, what you're thinking on that one. But, yeah, UCLA is the game. I would like to replay that NCAA tournament game and just see what happens. We're not going to be able to do that. We're not going to have the opportunity to do that. Un- but in the heavens, course. again, I want to see if they played a best of set. No, that's not how it works. All right, coming up, our elite voice of the day. And the photo bomb of the year. Did you hear what I said there? You said bomb? This, this is BYU's Sports Center. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Or download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, and while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review the show. What's the minimum number of wins for you to consider in a successful 2021 football season? Ten. And why? No. (laughs) Twelve. At CougarA70 on Twitter. At this point on the SN hype train, (laughs) eight seems doable. Nice. I think they've turned the corner. Who, us or the team? Uh, they'll win the must-win games and beat some Power 5 teams. Lots of experience among skill position in a good scheme. Drinking the blue Kool-Aid. Okay, Blaine convinced me that I should move the number up from 7 to 8. He really did. He did make a very, very convincing argument. If Blaine was a lawyer and I was on the other side, I'd be toast. <laughs> it's very convincing. You'd be going away for life. <laughs> that cougar life. Let's go. Uh, at Josh... Bretzing on Instagram, on the gram, eight wins. If we got seven and five or worse than last season, would be called a fluke instead of the beginning of a new BYU football program. I, I, does does uh, to me every year is unique and different in its own. Yes, there's some connective tissue between seasons as you build a program, but sometimes you just stink one year and other times you're just good the next year. I remember I, like yes and no. I remember asking a, a question like this in terms of cuz it was a, to Mary Lake from BYU Women's Volleyball. Yeah. And and we're is towards the beginning of a brand new season and it's how how great it was last year and how excited how are you to be able to build off she's like it you really don't build off. I mean, like, it, it doesn't go from one year to the next. There's so much time in between, and every year is so unique. It's so different. It's hard to really compare even a couple months ago because the team is different. There's so many things that can be different. And that's always kind of stuck with me how she was like, you know, we just can't think of it that way. Like, you want to build momentum. We did this, therefore, we'll yes. be better than yes. next so year. Yes, like, if we think that, then it doesn't always play out that way. You have to take every season on its own merit. Yet, we're saying, look at who's returning. Right. So, there's some of that. Um, at N underscore uh, Crawley 19. 13, there should be no other answer. Perfection. <laughs> Hand me those glasses, please. Blue goggle alert. I, I do have Blue the... Uh, or, or put them. Blue I do have the t-shirt. Alert. Blue goggle alert. I need the Cyclops glasses. Those need to be down this way, because I yeah. like those better. And you look like 
that actor that played it in the OG X Men. Yeah. I don't think the lights work though because they, they don't work, the, and we haven't replaced the, the batteries. batteries. Need to be replaced. Yeah, that, well, that wasn't in the budget, so <laughs> pandemic year. Okay. Well, you needed a raise, so the the batteries didn't get the put in. It doesn't need a raise. In response uh, to our lead voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at da four underscore life on Twitter. I'd say eight minimum, nine with the bowl in. Okay, eight regular season. Let's go. BYU's playing in the Independence Bowl uh, against a Conference USA team, by the way. So get excited. I know we have seven power fives at Jerem Jordan, but most aren't what they used to be or are under new coaching. I have faith in BYU. We're reloading, not rebuilding. I feel like we've turned a corner in a great way. There's a lot of exclamation points there. Uh, hashtag 100 days. Hashtag BYUSN. 100 days. Well, that's the hope, right? Yes, that BYU builds on this with the guys who saw what it took, like you said yesterday. Hey, they saw what it took to go 11-1 and one against a group of five teams. And now you have a tough... Tougher schedule, but I think you have guys that are ready for more weight on the bar, to use my analogy. They're not going to get the same reps up. But if BYU gets nine wins, holy shnikes. That's, that's a lot of wins. That is a massive win with this that's schedule. a lot of Power 5 win wins. Total. That's a lot against good teams. Okay, Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain American Credit Union, guiding you forward. I'm excited. I've heard about this. I have not seen this photo. Okay, Martha Epinesa plays third base on the softball team. She tweeted, photo balm, B-A-L-M. It's four photos. You zoom in. It's a team photo. And Martha Epinesa is holding some chapstick. <laughs> photo <laughs> balm. Very good. That's <laughs> awesome. Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler, who really brought it. If you missed it, go to our YouTube channel and check that out in about an hour. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Jerem. Nice job this week, by the way. Great okay. job. Shout out to Lewis Wong. See you tomorrow for Great Moments as Told by Players, Volume 1. If you haven't seen this, check it out. It's tomorrow. Go Cougs!